Hello, everybody. Hope Villas with Derek Clark, Rappin' Dad, and Beth Troutman. Hey, I hope you're having a great day today. It's Derek Clark. And Beth Troutman here. What's up, everybody? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Beth Troutman. How's your day going? Uh, Today is great. It's a brand new year. You've got 360, now 364 blank pages that you get to write every single day. We get to create starting today. It's a new year. It's all kinds of fun. That's awesome. I want you to share some wisdom right now with us, Beth, some inspiration. Well, you know how I I love to start these podcasts with a positive news story. You know, I come from the world of news and it's fun to do a positive story rather than the negative stories we get inundated with these days. This one I absolutely loved and it's perfect for the beginning of a new year. A man, this was this beginning of the story happened back in 2016. A man actually vandalized a mosque in Texas. He um, went through, went in, started spray painting the outside of this mosque and a security camera caught footage of him actually vandalizing this mosque and he ended up being sentenced to community service and needed to pay a hefty fine for destruction of property. Well, fast forward to uh, just a few weeks ago, the guy has fallen on very hard times and he couldn't pay this hefty fine. And if you can't pay the fine that a judge orders you to pay, it's an automatic six years in jail. Holy cow. The mosque that he vandalized, they find out, the folks within the mosque, they find out about the fact that this man could potentially go to jail for not paying his fine. And the leadership of the mosque that this man vandalized, they went in and paid the fine for him. Wow. Paid the fine for him. And if that is not a way to spread love and to change someone's heart, I mean, the man was going in with hatred in his heart when he vandalized this mosque, uh, you know, right. it was, was, was against their faith, was against their religion. And now they're showing how much love they have in their hearts by paying to keep him out of jail. And I hope that that changes his perspective and the way that he thinks about those people. I mean, what a beautiful show of grace, right? Of right. grace and kindness and saying, we hold no ill will toward you. And we certainly don't want you to suffer or for your family and friends to suffer for six years. So here is the money that you need. Wow. Wow. Right. It, wow. Awesome. It reminds me of this quote that I once heard that says, we are not humans having a spiritual connection. We are spirits having a human connection. And when we take off all of our masks and when we are like just full of love, we're all very similar. Mm -hmm. We're all together. We're all one team. And now we've been divided in all these ways and we get this frustration, anger towards this one population or towards this religion and this and that. And then it just divides us. And I love something like that story that just unites us. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty awesome. That makes you feel hopeful for this new year, right? Right. All you got to do is spread love. We're hope dealers, not a caterpillar killer. I'm a rise from the butterfly, better not bitter. (laughs) That's so funny that you say that. I got a message from a really good friend of mine on New Year's Day saying, 2016 was the year of the caterpillar. 2017, you're in your cocoon. 2018, you rise as a butterfly. I love that. I loved that. Let's share some stories of hope. And I'm going to start right now. I I remember a couple years ago, I was speaking for about 7,000 youth throughout uh, Southern California over like a two-day period. And the line was so long of people that wanted to meet me. 45 minutes later, approximately, there's this one girl with her teacher. 
And these are students in high school. Yeah, sure. And she looks like she's maybe 13, 14 years old. And she comes up to me and she's emotional. And her peer resource teacher says to me, Derek, I know you're tired, but please listen to her story. And she said to me, I'll never forget. She goes, you just changed my life. Your music changed my life. Because I always use music in my presentations. Yeah, you're the rapping dad. You've got to rap. Uh, the rapping dad, right? And the singing guitar dad, too, and stuff. And so I use music as a great way to connect with audiences to their souls. And she says, you have changed my life. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And I noticed a big scar across her neck, like a huge, thick scar. And I'm like... Wow. In my mind, I'm thinking, wow, that's a that's a big scar. And she says, you know, I'm a senior in high school. I'm 18 years old. And I'm like, wow, she's 18. Oh, my gosh. She, she looks like she's she was 18. Wow. Yeah. Like a freshman, but she's a senior. And she goes, two years ago. I came home from school. To my dad, that was in a fit of rage. Mm. My dad. Was stabbing my mom. What? Yeah. Stabbing her mom over and over again, then duct taped her mom to a chair and she's tried to stop her dad. She said she climbed on his back trying to pull him back and he threw her off because she's this little thing, right? She just threw, threw her off and she ran to the phone and called 911. The dad heard her yelling to 911 what was going on. The dad turned on her like a lion to a gazelle, ran to this young lady and stabbed her 28 times 28, 28 times 28 times the ambulance came they said it was the bloodiest scene they'd ever seen they got her to the hospital she wasn't going to live the dad had stabbed her so many times in the back and the chest ripped apart the sides of her neck, you know, uh, sliced her uh, neck as well as, and then she says, Derek, I only wear long sleeve shirts. And she goes, I want to show you something. And she pulled her sleeves back and there were these huge scars of rip marks where the dad had tried to, you know, kill her that way. And she said that when we got to the, the hospital, the doctor said that my wrists looked like spaghetti. Oh, it was just awful with the tendons, ligaments, all this stuff. And so she told me how she couldn't walk because he had stabbed the nerves of her back and stuff. And her name's Molly. And I said to Molly, what do you want to be in life, Molly? And she says, I want to be a nurse. Because wow. I, spent, I spent a year in that hospital learning to walk again. And all those nurses and doctors gave me hope. My mom had been killed. My dad was gone a year in that hospital. And I said to her, just inspired. I said, I mean, I was just so inspired to meet this young lady. And I said, are you mad at your dad? And she says, no, he's not here for me to hate. I go, what do you mean? And she goes, my dad killed himself up in the hills three days later. He bled himself out in the car. Wow. She goes, I've been in foster care for two years. And I go, you want to be a nurse? You know what that tells me? Is that you want to give people hope. You, you're you a loving and caring person. She goes, yeah. If I walk into the hospital right now, everybody will give me a hug and give me love. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing to see the resilience of the human spirit 
she was working two jobs at that point at Pollo Loco uh, and McDonald's. And she was in foster care. And her aunt from Mexico, who doesn't speak any English, left her family to come up to California to now take care of them. So she's getting out, she was getting out of foster care. Wow. I was so touched by that. You know, people say to me all the time, Derek, who do you look up to? Who inspires you? Like it's some celebrity, right? And I go, no, the celebrities don't inspire me. It's people like Molly that inspire me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, like never gave up. You know, Molly could have given up and said, I'm not going to be anything in life. I'm going to turn to alcohol and drugs. My parents are gone. Everything's out of control. But no, she was like, I got to take care of my two little brothers. I got to be something in life. I got to be a nurse. And so I followed up with her. This is a couple years ago. And she was already two years into uh, her university. So she is going to be a nurse, which is awesome. Now, fast forward about three months later, I'm telling this story at another school. And you're getting choked up, aren't you? I am. You're getting choked up as you're telling the story. I can see why. I find out through the grapevine that Molly is driving the car that her dad had killed himself into, bled himself out. She's driving that tomb, that coffin, to work. And I'm like, she cannot, I got goosebumps right now. I'm like, she cannot drive that car, the the, the car the dad killed himself in. Mm-hmm. So the school and I, we put on a fundraiser to get Molly a newer car. We called the police department. The police department remembers that being the bloodiest scene they've ever been to. They remembered exactly the story. The police department chipped in 90% of the money, the funds, to buy her a newer car. Talk about human spirit. Talk about love. Talk about compassion. Talk about empathy for a little girl that nobody knows that had a rough calling in life at that moment and probably will be scarred. I mean, will be scarred for the rest of her life. Her mom and dad are no longer here. But all these strangers donated funds, and then the police donated the majority of it, and she got her car. And she got to see that this world, there are still great people in this world. And And hopefully her scars will only now just be the physical scars because the emotional scars, so many people have reached out with so much love to, to help heal some of those emotional scars. Yeah. So people like that inspire me and and they inspire me to keep doing what I do as a motivational speaker, to go out and share a message of resilience, a message of redemption, and let people know that there are people all in your community that can reach out to you if you're ever alone, if, if you feel like you're hopeless. It's just a tough time for a lot of people. I know growing up, you know, I felt hopeless, but what gave me some hope was being able to express myself through my lyrics, through my music, right? Mm-hmm. And and then other people gathering around saying, wow, I love what you wrote. And it built my confidence and built my self-esteem. But literally, most of the songs that I write are the journals of my life. They're literally journals of my life mm-hmm. in rhyming mode, right? Someone like that would probably, and like me, and like other people might feel helpless, might feel hopeless and feel like nobody cares. I'm not worth anything. I know I felt like that growing up in foster care. I I felt like nobody loved me. I felt like if my own parents got rid of me, who can I trust? I thought I didn't have any value. I'm a throwaway kid. That's what I am. I'm a throwaway kid. 
my brother and sister got to be with my mom and dad, but I'm the throwaway kid. I'm the throwaway kid. And then I remember reading this poem years and years ago in church <laughs> of all places, right? You know, it wasn't even like what the pastor said or anything like that. It was a poem that touched my life, like spoke to my soul and said, you are worth something, Derek. You are worth something. And you may have heard this, Beth. It's called The Touch of the Master's Hand by Myra Brooks Welch. The fact is, is this poem helped put me at ease. I love this poem. This is my favorite poem. This is. This is my favorite poem of all time. Lay it on me. And Lay I, it on me. I'm going to share it with you. I hope I can do it justice. Twas battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste much time on the old violin, so he held it up with a smile. What am I bidding, good folks, he cried. Who'll start the bidding for me? A dollar, a dollar, then two, only two. Two dollars, and who make it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three, but no. From the room far back, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening all the loose strings, he played a melody pure and sweet as the caroling angels sing. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, said, what am I bid for this old violin? And he held it up with a bow. A thousand dollars, and who make it two? Two thousand, and who make it three? Three thousand once, three thousands twice. Going and gone, said he. The people cheered, but some of them cried, we don't quite understand. What changed its worth? Swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. Now many a man with his life out of tune, battered and scarred with sin, is auctioned cheap to the thoughtless crowd, much like the old violin. A mess of pottage, a glass of wine, of game, and he travels on. He's going once, he's going twice, he's going and almost gone. But the master comes and the foolish crowd can never quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that is wrought by the touch of the master's hand. Mm, I love that. It's such a perfect story, and it's so it so goes along with the story you just told of of Molly. I mean, think about the situation that she went through. Think about her father's rage, her father's violence, her father's disregard for life. But instead of being going and going and almost gone, the touch of the hands of the nurses and the love that they provided and I guess um, offered in their care in changed her life. She took something so incredibly negative and turned it into something positive. It turned it into her calling and that the touch of the master's hand, if you will, you know, thinking of it in religious terms, the touch of, of God's hand taking something so, so negative, um, but actually it becoming the defining moment for true positivity and for true healing, not only of herself, but now providing physical healing and emotional healing for others in her chosen field of work, which she probably would not have chosen had it not been for her father's fit of rage. So you can, even in something as gruesome as a murder scene, Molly found a true silver lining and found purpose. Think about that. Think about finding purpose in a murder scene. 
Right, right. right. No matter what we've been through, we still have value, like real value. The poem reminds me of like how valuable we really are and how we sometimes sell ourselves short, Beth, and let others determine our self-worth. If we let other people, let others, right, determine who we are and then don't live up to those false standards or expectations, we become depressed, falling into a slump which drains the life from us. People are the most valuable thing on this earth. It's not your house. It's Mm -mm. not your car. It's not how much money you have in your savings. The worth of a soul, literally, the worth of a soul cannot be determined by a material possession. Let's face it. Really, you can't have a U-Haul trailer on the back of your hearse. Never. You're about to meet your maker. Remember, Molly. Never giving up. Remember your uniqueness. Remember your self-value. When you're feeling like in the pits of despair, you can always get back up. Even if you can't get up on your feet, you can get up on your knees (laughs) and pray and find power and inspiration from that. I'm a big prayer person. I'm a big six foot five teddy bear, but I, <laughs> I get on my knees every day. Like my knees are humility and I'm just grateful for the path that I've walked. And I know my story has inspired millions of people, which is awesome, but I love to be fed. And when people feed me like Molly, that's who inspires me. Mm-hmm. They inspire my spirit to keep going. And that's the key is to keep going and to follow that inner compass that we all have, that inner GPS system that we all have that tries to guide us toward our purpose if we don't get distracted from those material things that you can't put in a U-Haul at the end of your life. We often get distracted by those things and we get offline. We get off of our, our path that we're supposed to be on, but that internal GPS will always guide us back if we are just brave enough to listen just to listen to our heart and to our guts and to to let let the lessons of life pour over us and to keep on on walking using those those lessons as tools ultimately to help others because that's what we're all here to do is to connect with each other and help each other along this strange and glorious and hilarious and awful and remarkable and terrible path that we're all on because let's face it it's that way for all of us there's no right. there's nothing easy about life for any of us you know you wouldn't believe that looking at facebook or looking at instagram or looking at twitter you would think that life is is so much easier for some people it's never true it's never right. true we just have to we just have to be brave enough to uh to tell our stories and i'm, I'm sure molly hadn't opened up about her story to very many people derek and something about you inspired her to tell her story and in that honesty in her vulnerability she changed you too. Right. Yeah. Her, her honesty helped change and rewrite the way that you think and the way that you are going to continue walking down your path. And in that process, now you're sharing that story with hopefully thousands and thousands and thousands of other people. And it might change something about the path that they walk. Maybe they'll get back on that GPS path, you know, that, that path they're supposed to be on and let go of the fear and let go of the resistance they've been feeling to really live their life full of purpose and full of full of love and full of kindness instead of full of you know monetary expectations or 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 with the goal of you know getting a house or the goal of getting a car but instead the goal of getting getting it right right you know Derek I think that's a the perfect place to end I think Molly's story we just need to let it let it resonate let people go about their days today and think about 
about their path and think about letting go of anger and think about finding that purpose and think about the the, the beauty of forgiveness and the, and the beauty of giving, thinking about those police officers giving of their time and their money to help her, you know, get that car to get to and from work. I mean, the, there are so many moments in your story that are so incredibly inspiring and so many things that people can just think on today as they take each step and uh, and move throughout their day. I agree. I, I'm humbled even talking about the story, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. I'm not feeling like energized right now, but what I, what I feel like I, I need to say to you all is that forgiveness is probably the most important thing you can think about right now. Mm-hmm. Is if anybody starting off this new year, if you don't forgive, it actually hurts you. And there's a lot of research shown that it, it ruins your immune system by holding on to grudges and being very sour and bitter. And I want to challenge you to forgive others, to let it go, to let go and grow. Because mm-hmm. once you forgive, it's like taking what I call a 20,000-pound backpack off. What do you mean by this backpack, Derek? Well, we're all born with a backpack, all of us. And throughout life, we decide what we want to put in that backpack. And a lot of people put blame and complain, complaining and whining in there and, and shame and guilt. And when you get a little bit older, that backpack starts weighing a lot and it starts weighing you down and, and pulling you back, helping you not reach your potential. It's slowing you down and You know what the backpack is, what's in there, what I call it? It's called the poop of the past, the crap of the (laughs) past. And you take this backpack off once in a while because you're like, oh, it's so heavy. I just want to I just want to relax. And you take this backpack off and you throw it on the ground and you unzip it and you put your hand in there and you get a big gob, a big handful and you smear it all over yourself and you wonder why your life stinks because you keep recycling that crap of your past, the pain of your past. And I'm going to tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, to take off that backpack, to let go and grow, to forgive. It's not about them. It's about you Mm -hmm. so that you can reach your full potential, just like Molly, just learning to forgive. That's going to be another segment. We'll talk about forgiveness, about how I came to the path of forgiveness, of forgiving my own mom and dad and such for all the bad things they did to me. But I just want to leave this on a final note. To forgive. Make this the year of forgiveness. Make this year of cleansing your soul, of letting go and grow. Yeah, it's the gift to yourself. Forgiveness is the best gift you can give yourself. I just saw a quote yesterday. It's so funny that we're talking about this right now. I saw a quote yesterday that anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Right. Right? Right. That's yeah. what anger is. It You yes. want it to, you're holding it because of someone else, but the only person that it's hurting is you. Right. So we'd love to hear your stories of how you've forgiven. We'd love to hear your stories of how you've overcome so much great adversity and triumphs and how you've turned a test into a testimony, a mess into a message, how you turn fear into faith. So you can find out more about us at social media at Rapping Dad, R-A-P-P-I-N-G-D-A-D on social media, at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. 
or you can go to IWillNeverGiveUp.com. Beth, where can they reach you? You can find me on Twitter at Beth underscore Troutman. You can find me on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash The Beth Troutman. Send me a message either private or on the page and I will get back to you. I love to hear your stories and be sure to tune into our next podcast. We have a really special guest. Her name is Tammy Leader Fuller. She was the uh, producer for the Today Show and now is the CEO, the chief empowerment officer of an mm. awesome organization called Camp Powerment. So she is our next podcast. You're going to want to tune in because she is full of energy and full of inspiration. Okay. We can't leave it like this. Like I'm Derek Clark. And Beth. Let me, th- we'll let t- me throw something down. Hold on. Rapid that <laughs> with a hope dealer, not caterpillar killers. I'm a rise like a butterfly. Better not bitter. Go out and make it a great day. Take care. Bye everybody.